If you are interested in simplifying your life and your business, have you thought about automating things? Welcome to Outside the Box with Elsa. Your host is Elsa Palmer-Oden. There are many tools that you can use in business and personal automation, including virtual assistants. It's time to take back your time and management. Now, here's your host, Elsa Palmer-Oden. Welcome to Outside the Box. I'm Elsa Palmer-Oden. So today, I'm really excited about hosting the show that is going to help businesses and people stay protected from cyber attacks. But first, if you have any questions during the show, you feel free to call in to 866-472-5788, or you can send an email to Elsa at ElsaOutsideTheBox.com. Now, I'd like to start by wishing a very happy birthday to actors Richard Dreyfus, Kate Jackson, and Winona Ryder. And a very heavenly happy birthday to Kevin Dubrow from Quiet Riot and Beth Chapman from Dog the Bounty Hunter. So now today in history, got some interesting ones for you. In 1969, the U.S. Supreme Court ordered for all school segregations to end at once. In 1994, Pink Floyd finished their final tour. In 1998, the space shuttle Discovery blasted off with 77-year-old John Glenn on board, making him the oldest person to go into space before William Shatner did it this year. Now, I'd also like to bring up tomorrow's date in history, because I thought this was rather interesting. The radio broadcast of War of the Worlds was first broadcasted, which stirred a huge panic across the country. Orson Welles had many people in panic believing the story was true as he read the book on air in a newscaster type of voice. So it had a lot of people in panic thinking we were under invasion. So fun day in history. Now, I'd like to introduce a very special guest, Ethan Butts. He's the co-founder and architect for Zion Solutions. Ethan's been helping people and small businesses for about the past decade. So I'd like to introduce Ethan. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight, Elsa? Doing great. Let's start off about you telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, as you said, I've been uh, helping small businesses and people for about the last decade to secure themselves and their businesses against cyber attacks. Uh, It's uh, been an interesting journey. And uh, I guess uh, on a side note from that, I mostly uh, am a pop culture encyclopedia. So anything you got to ask about that, I uh, should have an answer for as well. (laughs) And a little bit extra to it. So (laughs) I, I introduced you as a cybersecurity expert. Can you basically explain to people what a cybersecurity expert is and what made you actually want to be one? Uh, So a cybersecurity expert is basically someone who has dove into the security aspects of the internet and personal computing. Uh, We mostly aim to secure, we're the ones who deploy firewalls, uh, secure Wi-Fi, things like that. Um, and as for what really got me into it was I've, I've really loved breaking things from a young age. Uh, 
(laughs) (laughs) And uh, I found out that I really liked breaking computers so I could fix them. And uh, that kind of grew into a love of realizing that a lot, there was a lot of fair amount of people who could fix computer, but there wasn't many who could keep someone from breaking them very well. So uh, that, that kind of started my quest to be a cybersecurity expert. Interesting. So what all threats can a cyber attack have on someone? Oof, the, there's a lot of them. I mean, we've got social engineering, which uh, many of you will probably know as your car's extended warranty reaching out to you. Um, <laughs> uh, but the effects it can actually have uh, on people are honestly devastating. It can be draining bank accounts. It can be stealing your identity and your credibility online. And especially as we've moved to a more online and technology focused culture, um, securing your online profile has become a lot more pivotal. So basically a breach into any of the places that you're buying things online and that sort of thing, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and it's not just places that you buy things. It's places that just know about you. Uh, you, I mean, you register for, at the grocery store for a little account and that grocery store gets hacked or even as much as a gifted gym membership through work. So how can a breach actually occur? I mean, is it just they don't have a good security system or, you know, how can a breach actually occur and why should anyone care? (laughs) Well, uh, breaches can occur a lot of ways. Actually, we've, uh, to bring up a a recent incident or two, uh, back in 2013, uh, you may have remembered the Target breach happened where a lot of customer data was leaked out for sale. Right. Uh, That one was actually, that one was actually caused by an HVAC contractor. How can somebody working on your AC cause a breach? Well, uh, see a hacker enough, too. We all, <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually we all like convenience, and uh, we all like to be able to control that air conditioning unit without necessarily being right next to it. So it was connected up to the wireless network. Uh, it was given credentials for that network, and then. Hackers found a way in and used those credentials to actually get into the point of sale network. So all of that data was caused by the guy who installed a pipe or two on the ceiling. Wow. So, I mean, we have to be careful of even our contractors or not necessarily our contractors, but the work that they're doing. Yeah. Well, and then the other part was uh, you may even remember even more recently because it was last year, there was the solar winds breach that occurred. Uh, It was made the news a lot because it affected a lot of governmental entities and larger businesses. And that was actually what we referred to as a supply chain hack. Uh, basically, uh, SolarWinds provides a service. Uh, it was called Orion. When they provide that service, it gets updates from their central server. Someone gained access to their central server and poisoned the updates. So once they were deployed to all of their clients, 33,000 clients who just use a software were breached. Dang. So what is, have you seen as the largest breach and how did it happen? Oh. I mean, honestly, that solar ones one does uh, take a lot of the cake, but the target one was really large as well because it was credit card information, sales information. It was 
a lot. And if I remember, it was in the millions and millions of records. Uh, the only other one I can definitely think about that was, uh, I would say, just as bad was the, oh, it was, uh, it was a tax processor that uh, they got breached and ended up releasing, I think it was 1.3 billion user records. Billion with a B. <laughs> so when these records get released, what ends up happening to them? Is it just put like on the dark web or, I mean, who gets them? Well, a lot of times they are, uh, as you said, sold on the dark web. Uh, they're used a lot as disposal accounts, uh, quick ways to just, you know, get a little bit better credit score when you're trying to buy something nice. Or they can be used uh, as zero days, honestly, where if a company has a user account that's breached and someone realizes what they've gotten a hold of, they'll actually sell that user access to other hackers that would like to do more things in that network. Like identity theft? Identity theft. Uh, some of them, what they'll do is just redirect your payments. So, uh, you know, one of the ones is there was actually a couple Twitch hackers, uh, that YouTube streamers and Twitch streamers. What ended up happening was someone got a hold of their account information and just redirected all of their payments and donations to an account that wasn't theirs. So for a month, all of their hard work went to someone else. Ouch. Can uh, it's, it's a brutal world. <laughs> so would you say that that type of breach would be equivalent as far as damage goes to maybe ransomware? Yeah, I would say it, maybe not as not even not as impactful in the business's day to day, but I can tell you uh, one of the interesting things that happened was a lot of companies that get breached or like SolarWinds recently. If you happen to look on the news, SolarWinds uh, isn't really uh, around as much anymore. Uh, the several of their acquisitions have been renamed under different names so they can distance themselves and people aren't really trusting their business names. So it's one of those where they've lost a lot of credibility. And when you're billing yourself as a security vendor, that's a big hit. Okay. So how can ransomware affect a person or a business? I mean, typically I've heard ransomware going after businesses or government type computers. And you would think that that would make sense because they have more money than an individual. But can an individual be just as easily affected by ransomware? Uh, sadly, yes. Actually, the reason we don't usually hear about it, though, is because an individual doesn't have the resources to handle the breach. Um, a lot of times what we've actually found is... Uh, so I believe it was last year in 2020, 51% of businesses were hit by ransomware, a lot of them small businesses. And of those small businesses that were hit, 61% of them never opened their doors again. Because the ransomware they, took them out. The Basically, they, uh, they couldn't cover the damaged cost. They didn't have backups in place because they didn't think they could afford them and they didn't think they'd need them. So once the ransomware hit, if you couldn't afford to get it paid, you closed your business's doors and never opened them again. 
And there's no kind of like, other than software type of protection, there's no like insurance protection on something like that to cover the damage, is uh, there? There, uh, there is, but it is currently in a very flux state uh, with a lot of the legal uh, legal pushes that are going on recently. There have been worries about cybersecurity insurance and whether it's catering to the hackers. So it's one of those things that does exist currently, but it, it's one that we're not sure how long it's going to be around or a valid option. So honestly, the real only option we have these days is preventative. Okay. And how does malware affect somebody or their computer? So uh, ransomware would be considered a type of malware. Malware is just, uh, you can consider it a family of software that specializes in doing bad things. (laughs) You've, uh, You've got your malwares that specialize in things like you know, ransomware does that's locking down a computer and making it unusable while holding it for ransom. And then you've got your other malwares that are mostly specialized in sheer destruction. There's uh, what we call worms, which specialize in going from system to system. So if a single system gets infected, it'll actually start trying to move through the network and infect additional systems. Um, and then we've also got those lovely spam message malwares that we all are, uh, we all get emails and Facebook messages from friends where, you know, it's pretty obvious your friend didn't send that message. A lot of that is also done automated via malware where its only job is to spread itself so that it can gain more computing power to spread itself faster. Do cookies spread malware? Not often, but they can. Um, It's usually referred to as poisoning, where uh, a person will publicize on a a website a cookie that is not quite legitimate or contains a, you know, a a callback or an allow that it shouldn't that will let them maintain a connection. But honestly, what we find more online and websites is uh, what we refer to as drive-by downloads. These are single one pixel by one pixel squares on your screen that you would never notice, but that contain a redirect to another website that downloads malware to your system just by going past it. Okay. And what about sites that track you that have different tracking software? Does that, could that open a door for more malware? It depends on the trackers, but oftentimes what you'll find in trackers is they, they're what you would refer to as CNC. Uh, there would be command and control servers. So what they'll do is they'll post those trackers on websites to see if you have been infected with the malware, and they can actually use that as a communication method. So you navigate to a, a website with a compromised system, and they'll ping that out and actually test and make sure that malware is infected and then go, here's your next instruction. Okay. What about those? And I I don't know if everybody's actually seen these. I know I have, and I know several other people have, where you get the alert on your computer screen that you've been infected with a virus, click here to 
get rid of the virus or whatever. And then it takes you to another page and it starts installing a virus onto your computer. What about things like that? How does that happen? So that is again, a compromised website. And uh, oftentimes it's, there are, there are a lot of solutions to help protect people from those. Uh, A lot of them are even free. They're just uh, add-ons into your browser but the problem most people are finding is if you don't know what exists, you don't know to go get it. So uh, like, as you mentioned with those pop-ups where it's uh, your computer is infected, um, those are what we call call to action. It's main thing is just click on it because it's not going to do anything until you do. It's just going to be very loud and try to get your attention because they want you to click because by clicking you get to the next step and it can start doing those downloads. So part of this, uh, what we talk about and what we walk through a lot with our, our recent clients and actually with everyone we've dealt with basically is using browser extensions and some of these tools that are available to you to get rid of those. Because most people, you can remove those with one or two clicks. It's just knowing where to click. Interesting. So you could accidentally just click something that interests you and it being not very good for you. My my number one recommendation I always give everyone is never click on the first responses in Google. Even though those are usually the ad sponsored? Yep, because a lot of times what people don't realize is ad sponsored means anybody can pay the sponsor there. And so uh, sometimes you'll actually find in those ad-sponsored pages uh, emulated pages where it's actually not like you, you won't see CapitalOne.com. You'll see Capital One with no eye, but it looks legit and it has their logo, but it's just because they paid to be there. So if you don't really pay attention to what it says as the link that is ad sponsored you could be getting taken to something off the wall that could be hacking you yep and that is actually uh sadly the case that has happened with several breaches at companies we've dealt with or we've come in afterward and uh helps them remediate the uh, remediate the damage because people don't think about uh one false click and the next thing you know you don't have a computer anymore Well, that's a very interesting tip there about the ad-sponsored responses in Google when you type in a search. I would have never thought about that. I mean, I usually look and see what the website is I'm clicking on, but not for that reason. I've always looked to see, you know, what site I'm going to, but I never really paid attention to it being off by just a little bit. Yeah, well, and those first three results are always paid for results. You'll, uh, ironically, actually, usually the fourth or fifth result on the page is the one that's most accurate to your search. That is a good tip to know. Okay, well, what other ways can hackers attack you? <laughs> Oof, there's a, there's a, there's a, or is this too long of a list? There, Elsa. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can, uh, we've got plenty of time. We could pick a couple. I mean, let, let's 
go through a couple. What are some of the um, most common or the things that people would really need to watch out for the most? Let's start there. Um, I'm assuming, do you drive a car yourself? Well, like 90% of the country. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the most common ways that people lose their bank accounts is actually gas station skimmers. Oh, I've had that happen. uh, Yeah. Well, what that is, is a a person who spends a little bit of time, buys a little bit of hardware. Uh, I can tell you it costs about $30 to get the equipment to do it. Um, You just go use the gas pump as normal. But once you use it, you've installed a card skimmer. And usually they're even fitted with fancy things like Bluetooth connectivity. So then a week later, the person who installed it will drive back by that gas pump, connect up to their thing, download all of the cards that have been used at that pump that week. And then they will go and start uh, using them. Interesting. So that's how they did it. We've had that happen a couple of times to us. Yep, it is also a a common misconception that ATMs are safe. Um, Usually, unless it is mounted into the sidewall of a bank, it's worth questioning uh, who's had access to it because uh, most ATMs are actually run off of a very small terminal system inside of the box. And it's usually a very, it's a very common key to remove the shroud. And I, I hate to, point this out to you know most people but do we ever really check who's wearing overalls and working on those things no there was actually a demonstration down in vegas at a uh, hacker convention that we went to where a uh, a hacker brought an atm on stage put a card into it pushed a few buttons and that ATM ejected its entire load of cash at that moment. Holy. Wow. You know, it's, uh, it's insane, the things that we can do. And then um, one of the other ways that's most common for, uh, I sadly say this, use against the general public is near-field communication and airdrop, which most people have if they use an iPhone or even Android has started to develop its own versions of it. But that's just a network. It's a networked file share over a local area. And it doesn't oftentimes watch too closely what people are sharing. Dang. So now you created Scion Solutions in order to solve half of these problems, correct? Well, we've got half solved now. We're working on the rest. (laughs) Okay. So you got some of these problems solved. So why don't you explain how you started Scion and what Scion actually does? Well, I would honestly love that because I can't lie. I love talking about our company. Um, we, uh, we actually started Scion because I had been doing cybersecurity for very large corporations for a decade. Uh, my fiance, uh, she had been doing it for five to six years at that time as well. And one of my friends had been working over several industries, kind of improving processes, learning how to tune things out and work with several technologies in the more industrial aspect of space. 
And then uh, coronavirus hit. And <laughs> while we were all dealing with that, uh, I ended up laid off from my last job. My my fiance and I would, were talked about several things and we decided rather than just uh, going back to securing people who already had things covered, we wanted to build something for those that didn't have a solution. Because honestly, as text for life, uh, one of the number one questions we could ask is, oh, what antivirus should I download? And up until we built this company, uh, my answer was always, take your pick. They're all terrible. <laughs> well, uh, fun statistic, most, most free antiviruses, uh, there's two problems with them. One of them is my favorite saying, which is, uh, if a product is free, then you are the product. And that, okay. that, that, that free antivirus is actually looking at your computer, your usage, your web browsing habits, and it's reselling that data to other parties for their analytics and for their, usually for ad revenues. Which, of course, we know Google, Facebook, all of them monitor yep. everything you're doing to begin with. Well, and uh, ironically, one of the largest, most valued companies right now is Zoom. And it is actually because during the, uh, during the work from home era now, uh, with all the number of guest meetings and families trying to connect for holidays, Zoom has kept all of that guest user data, the emails, the passwords, the, you know, or the, e basically all of their private, you know, personal information, the names. And now they resell that to marketing companies. So uh, even Zoom actually, is now yep. doing it? Yep. I believe it's called zoomlists.com now. And you can actually go there and purchase a list of emails in your targeted area to push a sales email out to now. Wow. I guess you can and buy a list for anything. Other, yep. Well, and then the other terrible part about those antiviruses is the second pair, which is uh, they only catch about 25% of the malware that's active in the world at any given time. And I know that to be very true. My stepdad had that situation where his computer crashed due to the company he was working for. He had to have a specific software on his computer antivirus on his computer, which I know to be a very negative one, but I won't mention the name of it. Um, but he went ahead and had that on it and his computer crashed. He had to take it down to the computer shop. They found 250 viruses on his computer. So the system yep. that he had to run because of work did not stop anything. Yep. And the problem we run into with that is because most of those systems are only designed to stop things they've seen before. So if it's a newly developed technique, a newly developed program, it has no defense against it and it just lets it go do its thing. It's uh, what's referred to as signature-based antivirus and it is, uh, it is sadly about a decade behind usefulness now. Wow. Well, we're about to take a break. When we come back from break, I want you to explain more about how Scion helps businesses and individuals in, uh, separately. And we'll go over a little bit more about what Scion does. 
So we'll be right back with Ethan to go over more about all of this. But first, I do want to take a quick moment just to recognize our soldiers, law enforcement, and first responders and their families. And we'll be back from our break in just a moment. Entrepreneurs and business owners need reliable, good assistance without the time-consuming stress that comes with searching for, hiring, and training someone. That's where U.S. Virtual Assistant and REIAssistant.com comes in. Their outstanding U.S.-based virtual assistants are trained, have strong skills, experience, and are reliable. They make it easy to work with a rock star virtual assistant so you can reclaim time to do what you need to do and grow your business. They carefully pair you with an experienced virtual assistant who can take care of pretty much any task that doesn't require their in-person presence. From inbound calls to outbound calls to property management and from marketing to websites, they have your small business needs covered. Hiring a virtual assistant is easier than hiring and training an assistant yourself. Best part? It's also cost-effective, saving you up to 85% compared to hiring your own in-house or virtual assistant. Stop doing everything yourself and get your time back by hiring a VA from usvirtualassistant.com. Visit us or call today, 855-2-GET-A-VA. Looking to buy or sell your piece of Southwest Florida paradise? Make your choice a logical one with Logical Choice Realty Group. Sell it faster for more money and less stress. They'll get your home sold and closed. Go to logicalchoicerealtygroup.com and start packing today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Outside the Box with Elsa. To reach the live show, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Elsa at ElsaOutsideTheBox.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Outside the Box with Elsa. I'm Elsa Palmer Odin, and I have a special guest, Ethan, from Scion Solutions, here to talk about cybersecurity. So, Ethan, let's talk a little bit more about how Scion actually helps businesses and individuals. Would love to. Uh, so basically what we've done is, uh, as I said previously, we uh, I've been dealing with this for 10 years in the more enterprise-grade division where we're dealing with these multinational firms and things like that. Uh, and what we actually did was we worked to partner with some of my old coworkers, I guess you could say, and get through... I guess you could say get past the initial buy-in cost that a lot of them have to get to their solutions and work with them to make them affordable for more small businesses or even individuals like like is the case with our antivirus where we've taken a solution that is trusted by the government has been tested to block 99% of malware and including new stuff that has never been seen and we brought that to the general populace. So we finally have solutions we can go, hey, this works for everybody. Doesn't it cost a lot to have a system that protects you from all of this? 
Uh, historically, yes. I believe it was uh, referred to as an arm and a leg. Um, but <laughs> now uh, that's part of the reason that we actually started this company was we've partnered with a few larger distributor companies that have actually worked, again, with some of these larger ones to bring those costs down. So rather than paying, you know, you need to have 15 seats to get into the software and you need to pay for a year, we bring it down to a monthly cost. Uh, I believe right now our average introductory for a small business, because we have kind of a, a feature going right now, uh, we bring them in at 1250 to 15 a month, depending on size. Uh, we've actually gone as low as $10 just to help some of these startups that during the, during the issues were struggling and needed some security, but weren't able to really pay for it. Well, what exactly does your system do? I mean, does it really search everything that you're typing? Does it just pay attention to certain things? How does your system actually work for an individual? So, uh, well, our antivirus system, which is our really our pride and joy right now, um, it actually is, it's referred to, it's, it, well, its name is Sentinel-1. And it's referred to as what's called a heuristic-based antivirus. That means rather than basing off, have I seen this before? This is what it matches. It's, it looks at how something behaves. So let's take a, uh, you know, one of, the lar one of the things that is used commonly to move around what we refer to as laterally inside a network is Windows document macros. You may have received a Word document or an Excel spreadsheet that says you need to enable macros to look at this. Well, if you trust that source, that's not a bad option. But if you don't, that's commonly a malware that's actually hidden as a Word document and will start moving through your network. Well, what this software does is look and go, that's a Word document, yes, but why is a Word document trying to open command line? Why is a Word document reaching out to the internet? I don't think that's a Word document. And so it closes the program before it can actually execute any of its payload. Does it ever end up like shutting something down that wasn't a problem? Uh, I have seen that before, but that is one of the reasons <clears throat> that uh, unlike most antiviruses, we don't expect you to handle things all the time. We actually, uh, we, we go off the basis that I've been doing this for 10 years. I, I can probably tune your antivirus. So let me tune it for you. So when we do see things like false positives, like I've seen with uh, the most recent one was actually razor peripherals for uh, my computers. You know, they're the fancy light up gamer controllers. Um, and ironically, it was noticed as a uh, malware by our solution several times. And we were always like, all right, well, we'll give it a small exemption for that particular feature and we'll just let it go. Come to find out um, Razor Peripherals and that software was actually identified as one of the largest attack surfaces on Windows recently. So it just turned out our antivirus was about a year ahead of the curve. That's always nice. Stay ahead of the game. <laughs> yup. Well, and this is one of those solutions that we, we back this one because my favorite feature about this is, so let's say 
we'd like to deploy this for yours. And you really worry about, you know, I don't want it to block this software or that software. So we just want it to alert. So that means that when you do something, it just tells you and tells me that, that I don't like this thing, but I'm going to let it do its thing. Well, the worst case scenario of that is that you end up hit with ransomware and it locks your computer up. And normally that is a terrifying and utterly hopeless moment. And yet just by having that server install software installed, even if it's not actively blocking things, it gives us a feature called rollback, which actually lets us decrypt and undo the ransomware without having to pay any ransoms or deal with anything. And we bring your computer back to before the ransomware hit it. And then we convince you to let me start blocking things. <laughs> so if ransomware does hit your hit somebody's computer, you're able to bring things back to prior to that so that they're not out the money and they still have their data. Yep. Uh, we've found our average ransomware recovery uh, where a business can take two to four months, depending, to recover. Uh, we can usually bring a an encrypted system back online in under a day. Oh, quickly. Uh, usually it takes me about 20 minutes, but I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, you know. Oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> so is Sentinel-1 basically the same system, no matter whether you're a small business or an individual, or is there a difference between the two? Uh, so Sentinel-1 actually is the same for uh, individuals and businesses. Um, one of our main goals as Sound Solutions is, as we said, the big guys are already handled. There's, uh, I've already worked at MSPs that their main cutoff was unless you're paying them $10,000 a month, they don't want your money. Um, and so a lot of these businesses and people, you can't pay that. And so those are the people we've tried to build the solution for. So while science, while well, Sentinel One works for a company and enterprise and that's where it's designed and proven, we only endorsed it because it works for the individual. Uh, we've made most of our solutions entirely scalable like that, where it'll work for, as we like to say, your largest trading firm to keeping grandma from clicking on everything. <laughs> Keep grandma out of trouble. So basically, it's well, the same it. system. It's just designed basically on how scaled it needs to be. Yep. And that's actually where we'll work with companies and individuals to kind of build a, a where do you want to be kind of a, a roadmap to security where it's, it usually starts with something like antivirus where it's, hey, we're going to get all of your systems on Sentinel-1, you're all secured, you don't need to worry about ransomware or viruses or malware, your children can go to school and click and download things without you worrying about your computer blowing up. And then we start going with things like, hey, it happens you have a small business that works on Facebook. Let's start moving you to a more online aspect and get you a secure email solution, a website, and you know work to secure both of those for you so you don't have to worry about them. And then we actually also serve management aspects for that as well. Our, our kind of goal is to work with companies on their technology journey and help alleviate the stress that comes with expansion and moving into the digital age. 
Can you keep them out of Facebook jail? I mean, uh, <laughs> for companies, yes, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. We actually have a solution that is a, uh, a curation for social media, where what it actually will do is automatically scan comments and posts on your, on your actual social media posts, and it curates it for you, and it says, hey, this person's throwing offensive language, comments deleted. Oh, this person's posting something that's, you know, spammy. Comment deleted. Well, it still sounds like Facebook can throw you in Facebook jail, though. Oh, yeah. Facebook will always do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure if I could prevent it, they'd just build a better mousetrap. I did see in the news today that Zuckerberg is changing up and rebranding Facebook to metaverse or something like that Oof. have you been yeah, watching that how that might be affected and how with your protection you might have to do something different well that's where it seems like a lot of it is still focused on uh the dynamics and group and communication aspect with facebook where a lot of what we'll do and where we work in things is the individual security aspect. So while you can still go into these groups and some of those groups will, you know, throw things at you, our main goal is making sure that whatever systems you're using to throw in there, you're safe with them. Okay. So I now, mean, uh, I know, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just uh, I was just thinking because I know with things like and this is just a personal observation, but one of the things I would say is it looks like Facebook is rebranding at a very interesting time in their storied history. I can agree with you. <laughs> and with a lot of the issues about Congress and watching social media and all of that. It's interesting timing on yeah. all of it. Sometimes it's best to, uh, what did they say? Get a new identity and move to California. <laughs> or move out of California. <laughs> In this case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. So what are some of the top things that people do or look at or buy online that puts them at the most risk from what you've seen? Well, uh, the top one is one that I'm not sure should be said on radio, so I'm just going to insinuate it heavily. But the next one is random purchases online of things that look like great deals. Okay. Uh, oftentimes when you search on Google for something like, Oh, I'd like this armoire. You'll find this amazing deal from a weird no-name site that looks a little bit sketchy and from the 90s, but that price is $300 off, so you just have to get it, and oftentimes that's a scam. Uh, the other, other thing that uh, people look at that really kind of gets them is often Facebook and other social medias like that because up until recently, there hasn't been a lot of vetting of what people are posting. And so a lot of those links weren't necessarily clean. Well, and I don't think they are yet. There's a lot of fact checking, but they're not checking the links. 
Well, and there was an interesting t- statistic, I believe I heard, uh, I think it was on John Oliver. I'm not exactly, I, I, don't quote me on that one though. But uh, it was that so uh, Facebook, 95% of their curation is for content within the United States, but only 5% of their user base is in the United States. And so they're curating 95% of the content for 5% of the user base. And 95% of the user base is getting 5% of the content curated. That's interesting uh, information. Well, one of the problems that's running into is things that are labeled as misinformation on Facebook here, the same information published in another language in another country, even though the video is identical, isn't caught, blocked, or put with any kind of warning. I did not know that. It is interesting how certain people are, or certain organizations even, are not blocked on different social media channels, whereas others aren't. I mean, others are blocked and shouldn't be, but yet some that aren't blocked should. And sadly, a lot of it comes down to who's making the company the most money and who brings them the most activity. Where did honesty and integrity go in this world? Uh, I think it took a vacation. (laughs) It'll come back eventually, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it went out for milk a few years ago, and we're really hopeful it's going to come back. (laughs) And then hopefully the milk's not sour by now. (laughs) so how can people best protect themselves from an attack before you reaching them or you helping them honestly just uh, it's just paying attention it's making sure that if you aren't expecting an email from your boss double check that the email is from your boss if you aren't expecting a, a request for payment from your son make sure that's actually your son wanting money from you. And while you receive all of these spam calls on your phone, if you want to answer them and play around a little, make some fun, feel free, but just don't give them any of your information. Because a lot of times that's, even if it's just a name in an email, that's, that's worth a few pennies to them. And the way that spam and, all of these, uh, the phishing emails and the way all of it works is the majority of people look at it and go, I would never fall for this. But these guys are sending billions of messages a day. If a percentage of a percent fall for it, it is immensely profitable and valuable. I think they were saying malware last year was a multi-billion dollar industry. And this year, one of the things we found is malware is actually being sold as a service and so it's just making sure that while the adversaries are teaming up and paying attention and developing a lot of these new attacks that you're teaming up paying attention and developing and you know working on some of these new defensive aspects i i know as children we never had to worry about the photos we posted online but nowadays, oh, heaven forbid you're looking for a job and you had the wrong opinion in high school. 
Well, that's true. Back in the day, you could get away with all kinds of stuff because there was no such thing as camera phones and everything else recording you know? every move you make. Whereas now you can do things that are going to come back and haunt you. Yeah. And while uh, the rise of the Internet has led to viral stars and the entirety of the human font of knowledge being available on YouTube, it has also led to a quick buck mentality and a, a little bit of a fracturing of those who know versus those who don't. And um, dealing in a lot of these hacker cultures, I can tell you most people are seen as sheeple is what they're called because it's just, oh, you all think you're safe. You exist online. You don't pay attention to what links you're clicking. And the few that do, I mean, they seem to have a lot of the power. So it's just, it's really, uh, I know I've tangented a little there, but it's really just about paying attention and making sure that you're, you're following the links and following best practices at all times. What can cause you to get all the phishing emails that hopefully your spam picks up? Uh, so recently that was actually, I found out our biggest uptick in spam came because of that Zoom lists uh, uh, purchase option where people have been buying, you know, Zoom lists where everyone who used the Zoom meeting during 2020 is now for sale. And that led to a huge uptick, but also it's, it's the breaches that no one knows about. I mean, one of the services we do at Scion is actually a dark web breach assessment where we'll, you know, for a company or an individual, we'll take your email and we'll go on the dark web and go, hey, where is this available? And actually, I can tell you one of the most impactful things I've ever done was hand a, a manager his own passwords. Oh, I bet he loved seeing that, or she. Yeah, it. Uh, she definitely made a few phone calls. <laughs> but Changed a, a few passwords. Just, yeah, and it's just, but uh, it's one of those things where uh, one of the other factors is a lot of people have accounts that they don't even know they had. You know, we'll, we'll go to the next fad, we'll build, you know, we'll build a TikTok or we'll build a Twitter account. Then you stop using it. So it just sits there. But while it's sitting there, it still has all your info on it, and it's still a fully usable account that someone can breach and use to try to leverage against your next ones. Is that why you, we get all the friend requests on Facebook from people we're already friends with that we shouldn't be getting a second friend request from? Yep. That is a cloned profile looking for legitimacy, because what they'll do is they'll friend all of the same people on your group. And then they will go and try to pretend to be that person with new people. What can they get out of that? Uh, I mean. Other than just driving people I crazy mean, because a, now that it's a fake friend, you know, what well, other mean, gain do they really have? I mean, your personal information shouldn't be on Facebook, not 100% of your information. Honestly, and again, some uh, people so do overshare. Actually, kind of a <laughs> this is actually kind of a fun way to fun way to bring up towards the end there, which is uh, the number one thing done during 2020 was actually romance scams. <laughs> what? Because people so were stuck at home. They, yep, 
And one of the things is anybody can be anybody online. So a lot of those profiles, yeah, it looks like your friend. And the only reason they're really friending you is because they're looking for a, they're looking for a, 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 another person to share some time with, maybe build a bond and get lots of money from. Well, that's an interesting one because I actually had one last year that I thought was rather funny. So I played along with the game, but the person said they were Keanu Reeves, which we all know it was not Keanu Reeves. So I kind of played the game just to find out what does this person want? What are they after? You know, what is their end game? And it took a while. This person was good. He kept playing. But what he actually ended up wanting me to do was to sign up for what a friend of mine and I figured out was a fake like uh, trading site for day trading type of stuff. And it was a fake site. Everything looked legit about it. When I finally got him to give me a website, because I was like, I don't want to give you any money. I don't want to say any. I, I really want to look at this. Finally got him to give me a website. Website looked 100% legit, but it wasn't. So yeah. that was the deal on that one. And I was like, I'm not signing up nothing. My name ain't going on here. So how can people contact you for questions or to get help from you guys? Well, I mean, uh, number one easy way is to email us, uh, support at scion.solutions. Or if you go onto our website, scion.solutions, and go to the bottom, we actually have a calendar link where everybody can go and register for a 15-minute call with us where we'll answer any questions or concerns they have. And it's, that's not just a, a client aspect. We've actually, as part of our founding, decided that donating two to three hours of time a day to help educate the world and help even secure a little bit was well worth our time. And so that's just something we provide for free. So on our site or email us, however they'd like. Awesome. Well, and if you go to our, our host page through Voice America, you'll also be able to see the link for Zion on there. So I'd like to thank Ethan for spending the time and knowledge with us tonight. I think this was a great show of information and hopefully people can protect themselves, especially if they get your services on it. So I'd like to thank you for being here. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Logical Choice Realty, for your logical choice for all your real estate buying, selling, investing, and property management services. And a quick good luck to Chase Elliott and Team Hendricks in NASCAR's playoff race this weekend in Martinsville. Come on, Chase, you got this. Don't forget to think outside the box to reach your next level of success. May God bless you and may God bless the USA. It's been so great to have you join us this week. Outside the Box with Elsa is broadcast live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again soon.
looking to buy or sell your piece of Southwest Florida paradise? Make your choice a logical one with Logical Choice Realty Group. Sell it faster for more money and less stress. They'll get your home sold and closed. Go to LogicalChoiceRealtyGroup.com and start packing today. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. 